0: Welcome to the new Fromer's Podcast. I'm Pauline Fromer. I'm your host. And as I've said in previous podcasts, we're experimenting right now. I'm trying to figure out what works the best uh, in terms of formats for this podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. If you want to email me, the best address is fromertravelshow at yahoo.com. So this week's format is going to be me telling you about some pretty incredible breaking news. Then I'll be doing an interview with our brilliant editor-in-chief, Jason Cochran, and we'll finish as we have in recent weeks with a segment with my father, Arthur Fromer. He's gonna be discussing how to save money on your next vacation. And we know your next vacation may not be in a month, may not be in five months, but we all will travel again. And he wanted to give his advice for that. So that's coming up, Those are the. that's the preview. What's happening now is we're going to discuss cruising because boy oh boy, there's been some big news in the world of cruising this week. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, finally came up with their regulations to allow cruising to resume in the United States. Now, some of those regulations are to be expected, And some are really, really surprising. So let's start with the to-be-expected. One of the issues going back into cruising is how will the cruise ships interact with their ports, with with the ports that they land at? How will they make sure that they can a, keep the passengers safe in those ports, B, keep the people of those ports safe, and C, what do they do if they get into a port and they have a sick crew member or passenger? The CDC has said that cruise lines will only be allowed to leave from the United States to go to parts of the Caribbean, parts of the Bahamas, Bermuda, etc. If they have nailed down agreements with the various port destinations they're visiting that should something go wrong with a passenger or crew member, that passenger or crew member won't be stranded. They'll either be able to go into the local hospital to get treatment if they have COVID, or the port that they're entering will allow them to go from that port back to the U.S., Uh, they, They won't make them stay on the ship. If there's somebody ill on the ship, they'll be able to get off and go home. In addition, and this is something we actually wrote about maybe about a month ago now, passengers visiting the cruise ship ports will no longer be allowed to roam around by themselves. In order to get off the ship now, you are going to have to go on a shore excursion with a group. That's terrible news for travelers because as we've said many times on this show before when we were on radio, boy oh boy are those shore excursions overpriced. Now that they're the only game in town and the cruise lines obviously have been suffering, that's going to be a very, very pricey thing to do. But not only that, sometimes it's better just to roam around on your own. I mean, you've been on this ship with these folks for days or maybe even just a day, but you may want some some me time. You may not want to be herded from place to place in a group on a bus. You may be able want to just get off a, at a beautiful Caribbean island and make your way on a public bus to a gorgeous beach and just hang out. You you may not want to be herded around In the near future, that option won't be available to you. Biggest surprise was that before these cruise ships are allowed to even uh, get paying passengers, they're all going to have to have test runs. They're going to have to ask people to come on board as human guinea pigs and they'll do a voyage with them and they'll have their passengers who won't be paying, non-paying passengers, they'll have them eat at the different restaurants and try all the activities and do shore excursions. Probably only on the private islands, to begin with, that these cruise ships own. But they're they're going to be looking for guinea pigs. In the past, when a new cruise ship was launched by a cruise line, they had these guinea pig type voyages. Uh, but because that was such a rare occurrence, they were able to fill the ships with friends and family of the cruise line employees, of the cruise ship employees, now, there's going to be a lot of cruise ships re-debuting all at the same time. And so my guess is they're going to have to open this up to the public. Now, this was just announced by the CDC. So I have not seen any cruise line address who their guinea pigs will be going forward. Uh, so this is all only a guess on my part. And on Jason Cochran's part, he wrote a terrific article on Fromers.com. So please read that. But if you're a big cruise fan and you want to do this and you feel confident, I don't know if I would, I'll be honest about that, you may be able to get a free cruise in the coming months. Uh, I think it's risky, but there you have it. So that's that's the big news in travel. Not that any of these cruises are going to start anytime soon, I don't think. Most of the major cruise lines are not sending ships out until 2021. So this isn't going to happen over the holidays, I don't think. But it's 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 a very interesting development. So, let's move on to our next segment which is my dear and erudite and always entertaining colleague, Jason Cochran. He is the editor-in-chief of Fromers.com. You know him because he used to be on radio with me as my co-host on WABC. Hopefully, we'll be back when all of this is over. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, But he is here to discuss a very, very sad occurrence. So, Jason... Looking at the news this week, and it's news that not many people have noticed because obviously there's been bigger non-travel news. But to me, what you wrote about on Fromers.com regarding the Disney organization was the equivalent of a Category 5 hurricane hitting both Anaheim and Kissimmee, Florida and flattening the theme parks there, the Disney theme parks. Am I being hyperbolic?
1: (laughs) No, no, not at all. Uh, It's almost, in fact, I'd almost think of it like the rapture. A lot of people have just vanished from Mm. what what used to be the Disney atmosphere experience. I mean, uh, Disney is not like most other employers. People move from all across the country to, to the parks near Kissimmee or, or to Disneyland in California, just to be a part of it. Um, and they'll stay for years and years and years. Uh, some of the people who were fired, one of them was fired just a year shy of retirement and they still have pensions for a lot of these people. Um,
0: so wait, wait, before we go further. Yeah. Before we go further, how many people were fired? That's the hurricane like event that we're discussing. Yes. Uh,
1: right. Um, well, it's, Disney announced three or four weeks ago they would be firing about 28,000 people. And wow. now who's being fired is coming out. They're not extraordinarily forthcoming about if these are additional firings or if these are part of the 28,000. But it gives you an idea of you know the extreme measures that are being taken because people just aren't going to the parks. A lot of people don't realize that Florida's parks, and there are four of them at Disney, have been open since July People just aren't going back. Um, the parks are somewhat busy. At least they have people in them on the weekends, but during the week, they're largely empty, which indicates that mostly locals are going. People aren't planning their vacations to go there at the moment because they're, they're mistrustful. They don't, they don't think it'll be safe. Although I don't see any evidence it's not, but they're afraid of traveling during COVID, as I think many of us are.
0: Before we go past that, you say you don't think that they are. I know that that probably comes as a shock to a lot of people who would just assume that going to a theme park was a crazy thing to do right now. Disney
1: has been um, extremely careful. You must wear a mask at all times. You can't even stroll and eat. They want you have to stay put while you eat, so that you don't have any chance of infecting someone while you're maskless as you walk. Um, they've they've put stickers on the ground everywhere, so you know exactly where you should be standing at all times. Rides are sanitized before you get on and after, so they've done so many measures. Um, more, of course, than the state of Florida requires. In fact state of florida requires almost none but disney has wanted to protect its brand which is a safe brand so it's been very very proactive um it's a very uh, limited number of people are allowed in the park maybe i I've, I've heard you know it's much less than 30 or 40 percent don't know wow. if it's true because disney's not talking um but the, the 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 core fact is is not enough people even if they yeah. did meet those thresholds of what they those quotas of what they wanted, this is not enough people to, to keep paying all these employees. The most of the employees who are who we were just heard about were the performers. Yeah. They're um. the ones who speak, who sing, who are in the shows, who who, uh, who do little street scenes as you walk by, who greet you Um a lot of them, especially if they were in a performer's union, have been asked to leave permanently. There's a chance wow. they could come back if things start to improve by the end of next year or the year after, depending on the union they're in. But I think we all know how that's going to go. It's going to be a slow crawl back. And I think a lot of these people who have been the part of the Disney, quote unquote, magic for decades uh, won't be coming back. They'll if, if, if the parks do recover, almost all of them will probably be replaced by newbies.
0: And as you mentioned in the article, that means the institutional knowledge is gone. People knew how those shows worked, how the parades worked, and all of those people are gone now.
1: That's right. I mean, it's again, these people, you know, one of these shows that has not been running for the past seven months or at least since July because of it, of COVID, um, had been running since 1974 and so you can imagine how long some of the people, I don't think any of them has been in it for that long, but they had been in it for many, many years, knew all the tricks, knew all the jokes were, were just, you know, part of the family. And um, because that show, the hoop to Do Review is, is going away because it has no cast anymore. Um, if they, so so if they then- do bring it back. They have to bring in all new people and train them all over again.
0: So the shows are gone, parades are gone, meet and greets. Does that mean that the toddler won't be able to see her favorite princess?
1: They're doing a form of the parades. That it's usually like a procession. They'll put a character on a float, so they're distant from people, and and then escort the float down the street. And that's sort of what counts as a parade. Meet and greets are not face to face. The character will, if the character shows up at all, will be behind a banister on a balcony or in a garden, you know, past a little fence. So they're they're far away from you but the characters that hug your child even if they're in a costume it it may not happen it's a lot of that has been eliminated uh for the foreseeable future yeah
0: now one of the main points of your article was even with the drop drop in numbers the disney organization had other options right i mean there are people who are still working there who are making a, a, a ton of money Uh, and perhaps they could have taken a a salary cut and saved some jobs. I mean, is that fair to say?
1: I, I think it is. Um, and I'm not the only one who does. Elizabeth Warren, who, as we all know, is the senator who is very fiscally minded, about two weeks ago sent a letter to Disney executives and basically said the reason your employees have no protection and you're having to get rid of them is because you, you spent money in completely irresponsible ways. And she cites um, they recently for the past 10 or so years have been buying back nearly 50 billion in stock repurchases wow. I don't know it, using a fund to buy back stock and another five and a half billion in dividend payments. And she said, because they kept paying the, the you know, the investors or the executives who in this, the summer decided to go back to their pre pandemic pay levels, even though they're, you know, half the parks have been closed or, 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 um, slowed down. She said, all of that spending that goes to the top has resulted in, you know, basically the devastation of the common worker. And, and so Warren wants answers Disney is, you know, oh, you've got it all wrong. You know, they're arguing with her. But it is hard to argue when this this company, which regularly makes billions in profit quarterly, uh, is somehow not able to take care of its employees. Yeah. um, and, And And hold on to them. Yeah.
0: There was a fascinating article in The New Yorker about the daughter of Roy Disney, who is a major stockholder. Who has been trying to get Disney to act more ethically. She feels that this yeah. is before the pandemic. She felt that salaries were way too low, that there should have been more protections. Um, You're talking I'm about happy. Abigail Disney.
1: Um, exactly. And, and yeah. That's right. And, and she's controversial in Disney circles because she's critical of the company. But yes, she's a member of the Patriotic Millionaires. And, um, and she is a great watchdog, strangely, for her family brand. I mean, she's still... Receives payments from the Disney company, and so she has she has a dog in the race, as you would as you would say. So, yeah, Abigail Disney is very critical, and has been. It's not just in this moment; she's been very critical of you know the way the company has done business in the last ten or fifteen years.
0: Well, if you want to read all about this, uh, Jason has a fabulous article on Fromers.com. Can you give us the title of the article? Do you remember? I sure do. It uh, the title of the article is "Disney Will Never Be the Same:
1: A Litany of Layoff Devastation." I, I think it's I think it's terrible because uh, it's an American institution you know, we all have our criticisms of giant companies, including Disney, but there's no question that this has formed the childhoods for many, many of us for the last 65 years. And so I do think it's something that we would want to try to protect in any way we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jason. As always, it's a delight speaking with you. Next up, we have my father, Arthur Fromer, on the line. He is the founder of the Fromer Guidebooks, my co-president at Fromer Media, LLC. So take it away, Dad.
2: The day is coming. It will surely come when all of us are able to resume traveling, both in America and overseas. And although in all likelihood that glorious absence of the virus is undoubtedly at least several months away. We can all dream, can't we? <laughs> to prepare for that glorious time, I decided to briefly list at least 20 ways to travel for less. And I'm talking about traveling for less, not currently, but when the pandemic is over. And how better to consider these than to focus on the endless, dumb repetition of the pandemic. Here are the 20 Steps, the 20 steps for a better life. Number one, use Momondo.com, M O M O N D O.com, or Skyscanner for discounted airfares all over the world. Number two, this is what I believe, use Airbnb. And I'm not talking about Airbnb now, but when the pandemic is over, use Airbnb when the pandemic is over for low cost accommodations. Number three, stay in monasteries or convents to enjoy accommodations and overnight accommodations in Italy. Number four, use Norwegian air. Norwegian air is supported by uh, an enormous amount of, of Oil wealth in Norway, and I, for one, believe that they will come come back with with a strong presence. One that once the pandemic is over. Number four, stay in national parks within the United States. That's an obvious one. Number six, confine your luggage to one medium sized suitcase. That simple act on your part will lead to your spending much less money. Number seven, use public transportation within the cities you you visited. Don't take a taxi, use regular uh, public transportation. Number eight, sightsee on your own two feet, being careful to avoid escorted tours. Number nine, Take your meals at an open-air restaurant usually found near, near open-air marketplaces in the cities that you're visiting. Number 10, if you must take an escorted group motor coach tour, choose low-cost Globus. It operates the same escorted motor coach that everyone else is using, but it is using less expensive hotels and it results in a less expensive tour on your part. Number 11, search out the university bulletin boards for low-cost lectures. That's where they are found. Number 12, for a low-cost cruise, use one of the many cruise discounters. They are all heavily advertised on the internet uh, to buyers of of cruises. And and all you need to do is insert the words uh, cruise discounters and you will find where they are and what they're offering. Number 13, consider the use of low-cost hostels found in every major city. These hostels are no longer uh, confined to people with uh, uh, who are young people. They are available to people of all ages today, and they have become a wonderful facility for saving money. Number 14, share meals with your travel uh, companion, you'll still, even sharing the meal, you'll still send back uneaten portions. Number 15, use budget buses within the United States, those buses that have funny names on their side and that are taking you from one American city to another for much less money than it is normally charged. Number 15, consider being a house sitter or persons having a dog or a cat needing attention. Number 17, occasionally purchase picnic ingredients from a, from a grocery store, and thus confine your occasional diet to one daily cold meal. Number 18, for discounted auto rentals, use www.auto/ Dot .com let me repeat that again that's one of the few companies that is still offering low cost auto rentals its name is auto/auto/.com slash, slash, number 19 in large cities buy a copy of what's on to learn of a free local events and the magazine that i'm referring to is what's on It is published at least in London and at least in Paris and it can be enormously helpful to you. And finally, number 20, for the lowest possible rates, consider rental of rooms at B&Bs lacking rooms with private bath. This is one of the uh, old uh, tricks of the trade. Uh, If a room does not have a private bath, if it does not have a private toilet, if all of those facilities are found down the hall, You can bet that the cost of the room, the rental price at night, is very, very low. And those are the 20 ways to save money while traveling.
0: And that's our show for this week. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please visit us at Fromers.com. And if you are hitting the road, some are, may I wish you a hearty bon voyage.